Hello and welcome to another edition of Tree Service Marketing Profits Podcast. I'm your host, Wesley Smith with Tree Service Digital. We've got a special guest today, Peyton Brewer with Direct Scene Services in North Georgia, Blairsville, Blue Ridge, all the surrounding areas. Peyton, welcome aboard, man. Thanks for joining. Thanks, man. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, no problem. No problem. If you guys are listening to this after the fact and you're on YouTube and you get some value out of this podcast episode, subscribe to our YouTube channel or like it on your favorite podcast player or on all the podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, all the podcast major ones out there. So, well, Peyton, cool, man. So Direct Scene Services, tell us a little bit about like when you got started or how you got into the tree service business to begin with. So I had started for years. I worked at a plant. Um, I was actually in, in high school. I competed in welding fabrication. And so I just knew that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a welder. And uh, everybody was pretty discouraging about the trees. I kept hearing, you know, it's dangerous. Stay out of the trees. It's dangerous because I always love to climb. I actually started um, a deer hunt and I started deer hunting out of a saddle. And so that's how I got really accustomed to spending a lot of time in a tree. And there's, I mean, there's definitely some differences between an arbor saddle and uh, a tree saddle that you would hunt out of. But that kind of kicked everything up and I, that's what got me to start ignoring other people and do, doing what I was enjoying. And uh, I, I fought it kind of back and forth and then I ended up um, starting like a lawn care business on the side and there was a guy who asked me if I would prune some trees. And so at the time I didn't use the term prune, it was uh, trimming, right? We were trimming some branches off and I saw that there was uh, a market for it. And so I actually bought a, uh, a steel handsaw. You know, I had chainsaws, but I was nervous. I did not want to take a chainsaw into the tree. So I took, uh, and I had a bit of a rock climbing background too. So I was familiar with some knots and stuff. And so I kind of started into it that way. And uh, the so that was kind of like how I went from, that was where my trees got started. I was like, that was like, a, oh, I like doing this sort of a thing. And it was, I didn't get into it for the money. Um, there's a lot of people who are like, oh, there's good money in trees. There's good money in trees. And there is or can be um, if it's orchestrated correctly. But I got into it because I liked the trees. And then the money was a byproduct, which made everything go so much better. Um, so, I mean, I wouldn't recommend someone who doesn't like trees getting into it for the money because it would be, you could be pretty swift to burn out um, if it was just about the money. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's a similar story. We, we hear that a lot about people who start off in either lawn care and landscaping and sort of just determine as they go that they really want to kind of stick with tree service or kind of pivot into tree service and stick with that. And so it sounds like yours is kind of similar, right? Yeah. So I... <laughs> I had some clients, um, this has been several years ago. We were very fresh and I hadn't really dove into the tree thing, but they, we, I actually had a tree fall the wrong way. Um, it was supposed to be a really simple job, giant pine tree and a, a huge old dead oak tree. And it was full of hornets. The, I don't know if they're like European hornets or Japanese hornets, but they're big. They'll leave a and, mark right? They'll leave a mark on you. We could not kill them. Um, but I sprayed 
gobs and gobs of bee spray on this tree and it did nothing. We didn't get stung, but it did nothing. So I ended up hiring an exterminator company to come out and they dusted the tree. And there were some really cool things after the fact, like we, we cut it up into chunks and there was, there was actually about like eight or nine foot worth of nest in the base of this tree. Um, like we got to watch the bees hatch. It was, it ended up being kind of a cool thing, but the tree fell the wrong way. And I, I climbed up the tree and I put a rope in it. And I, of course I was a little bit shook up from the hornets and I was like, Oh, we'll, we'll pull it down. And I was not using the appropriate rope for the task or the appropriate power um to pull to pull this big tree over and i probably what well there's no probably i wasn't as good at assessing the canopy to see where the mass was in the tree uh, and kind of predict what it's doing so that tree fell the wrong way and i had to lick my wounds um i actually didn't damage a whole lot but i had to clean the tree up because it was in it was now in an area that it wasn't supposed to be and then um the because it was so dead the the only damage that was done was actually to a bmw and which you know nice expensive car but the top of the tree exploded when it hit the ground and so it put some minor dings in it and that tallied up to like three thousand dollars in damages and uh that was a huge thing. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure it's a big learning experience. One of the things I'm envisioning with the Hornets is uh, my parents had one of those, I don't know why they had this thing, but it was in our laundry room growing up. It was this big, massive, like abandoned Hornets nest. Was it one of those big, like gray looking, like stick paper looking nests? Yeah, it was, all of this was literally inside the tree. So they had a hole at the bottom and that oh, was crazy. Okay. So it was the the center of the tree, the heartwood had rotted out and these bees had chiseled away at it. And that's, I mean, thousands. Yeah. Thousands of them. It was huge. Yeah. It seems like everybody had one of those in the country at some point, one of those big, huge, you know, abandoned hornet's nest. It's just massive. Yeah. I don't know why they yeah. killed that thing, but they always had it. Okay. The, the tree <laughs> fell and uh, you, it was kind of a learning lesson, right? I guess. Yeah. And so well, I decided my personality is I don't run from problems. I want to tackle them head on and it scared me to death. I mean, but whenever it happened, I handled it. Even looking back on it, there's not, I mean, there are definitely some things I would do differently, right. To make, to move the tree the other way. But as far as once the tree was on the ground, I feel like I still today, I feel like I handled the situation. Well, I immediately notified the homeowner you know, and went through the process and like, Hey, we're let's, let's tackle this and get it taken care of. And it rained. It fell an absolute torrential flood, um, which was horrible. But I decided at that point in time that I wasn't going to ever let that happen again. And so from then I decided I'm going to be the best that I can be. And I just started raking in knowledge um i went full tree not from a business perspective necessarily but from in from an educational perspective i started studying um some arborist books at proper pruning techniques i watched a lot of guys who were felling trees 
um, reading. I've joined the TCIA. Um, they have uh, just a whole host of resources you can go after. And then one of my clients that was here um, is good friends with a guy who runs a very big tree service actually where you're at. And his name's Kevin Caldwell. Um, and he was gracious enough to kind of take me under his wing and give me some pointers here and there and, and growing the business. And so from time to time, I still go down and I'll shadow him, see what he's doing, see what the crews are doing. Um, you know, we're, I'm looking at the entire atmosphere. I get to go through the office and be like, Hey, what's your job? You know, what do you do? And so there's all of those things that kind of came, the, the business end of the trees came after doing them, but I had to be able to, to do the trees. Right. And I had to be able to do them safely and efficiently. That's and awesome. so that was kind of where, where we got started with that. But kind of, if you, if you take knowing all that, if you take one more step back to the very beginning, before I started the lawn care thing, I had my boss at the steel shop had a shed that was outside, um, outside the back of his house. So if you imagine like a house and a garage making an L shape, it was tucked inside the L shape. And he said he wanted to get rid of the building and I could have it if I could get it out. And so I had nothing like I have now. There were no machines, no nothing. So the best that I could do was some ropes and a pickup truck. I didn't even have a block. Um, so I took my pickup truck, but I drug that building out and was able to get it around and use some trees as blocks. And it was a very, very tight fit. He had basically bet me that I couldn't get it out. And so I got it out to the front and I hired a rollback to come pick it up and bring it to my house. I was going to store my wood for the winter in the shed. And the guy offered to buy it from me. Now hindsight's 2020. I sold it to him for 800 bucks. He was like, you take, I was like, he's like, you want to sell it? And I was like, yeah, I'll sell it. And then he's like, what are you, he's like, take 500 bucks for it. And I was like, now I've got a trailer that I'm keeping wood in now. I was planning on keeping the wood in this and I paid 800 bucks for the trailer. So it's worth 800 bucks. Now the dude probably sold it for five, $6,000 and it, it is what it is. But mm -hmm. I begged my wife. So we went from, I was going to pay him like 120 bucks, I think, um, to move the building. So instead of being down 120, we were now up 800. And so I basically, I, I had to beg her to let me start my own business. <laughs> and I was like, we weren't planning on having this money and now we have it. So let me spend it. And that was, that was a tough conversation because we very much lived from paycheck to paycheck. Um, I had a little boy. We were now, I, I now have two, but you know, we're raising kids and we have daycare and all these other things. And that money could have very well went somewhere else. But my wife being um, as gracious and supportive of me as she is, she finally said, okay. Well, there she you go, man. You got to stick your neck out there at some point to get started. Um, and that was really cool. So you shared the seed of kind of where the business was formed and how it was created. And then the conversation between you and your wife. Another thing too, that you mentioned there that was, that was good. Everybody should take note of this is join the TCIA. Right. Any questions you have about your business, running your business, getting training, all of that really is affiliated with TCIA. They have everything, literally anything. You need. Um, yeah. And then on top of that, you got yourself a mentor, which right. is another powerful thing in, in any business that you start or get into. It's always good to have somebody you can talk to 
about next steps of business, how the business operates, seeing for yourself inside of his office and all of that stuff and shadowing him. Those are really smart things to do early because that way you don't repeat the same mistakes that other people may be repeating and you get to get the knowledge firsthand. So all yeah. great cheers, man. Yeah. So we had a, a philosophy. There was, uh, it was, there's an older guy. He's a, a pastor at a church. He and I were very good friends. And he told me a long time ago, he said, look, he said, uh, a smart man learns from his own mistakes, right? He's like, if you make a mistake and then you continue to make the same mistake, you're probably not very smart. But a wise man will learn from others' mistakes. And I I was very young whenever, I mean, early teens, whenever that was told to me. But I, I've applied that over and over and over. And it's it's huge because every mistake that Kevin has made that he can educate me about, um, I, I get. It. And then there i have some other mentors as well kevin's kind of like the tree guy i have another mentor who's very much just business related money management how to manage a business and he gave me advice probably four years ago that i'm just now understanding enough to take it and so that was a big eye-opening thing for me that i i was getting good advice all along but I didn't have the knowledge to apply it. And so knowledge is very much key, I would imagine, to anything. No. Yeah, and, and another thing, too, you can get a lot of that knowledge like you're talking about. It's very powerful, very informative. But until you kind of get into the trenches and start doing it, too, some of it won't make sense until then. Right. And then you're like, oh, now I know exactly what that person was talking about. Yeah. So you're you're gonna you're gonna laugh when I tell you what the piece of advice was because it directly pertains to you. I was I was discussing taking out a loan to buy equipment to do to do more work. Um, I was actually looking at buying an excavator, and he said he he told me he said if I was going to borrow money, I would invest it in marketing. And I I looked at him and I'm like. I'm so busy right now. I need to get more work done. I don't need more jobs. So it didn't make sense until now. Mm -hmm. After, after seeing marketing can feel very expensive, but there's always that option to get that. It's all about ROI return on investment. Mm -hmm. So I get more ROI on marketing than pretty much anything else and it so it, i mean it, it makes it a no-brainer pay pay yeah. for market that's awesome and you know to figure that out early is always a plus and a benefit and it's not about you know going with us for marketing it's just about marketing in general if you go with anybody with marketing early you get your web presence solidified and, it, and some of these things take long you know a good while on google or being your yahoo at any search engine to kind of solidify and cement and keep moving up right in the search rankings and, and establish your presence and the earlier you start that the better so it is an investment of some sorts and then some of it will generate calls right away which is the paid ads and things like that and signs you're putting out um, lettering your trucks doing direct mail there's a lot of things you can do but the earlier you figure that out, that you need to invest a percentage of your revenue in marketing, the earlier you'll get to the other side, which is high visibility, known brand in the community, 
kind of the go-to tree company and people will refer you around a lot more because now you're visible all the time. And that's what's going to create those impressions to the local community that you're the tree service company to go to. Right. Yeah. The other thing that I didn't realize was I'm building a brand. Mm-hmm. Um, so like direct scenes is, is my brand and we do things way different than a lot of tree company, a lot of other tree companies just due to me, um, as a, as an employer and how I like to do things. And we can kind of dabble into that a little bit later, but there was something really magical that happened at the five-year Uh, and I had no idea it was coming, but for whatever reason during that period, People go from, oh, this guy just started doing trees to this guy does trees. This is what he does. And then it didn't take very long after that to become the authority on on trees. So people like there are people who I know that are perfectly capable of doing a lot. And they I get the calls for the giant oak tree right between two houses where there's no margin for it. They're like, whenever I, 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 that's what I branded myself to be. I wanted to be that guy because those are the types of trees that I enjoy. Not that there's anything wrong with doing more of like production work, fell the tree, clean it up. All of those things are fine. Um, they're just, it's not my taste. And so we do mainly strategic trees, if that makes sense. We do high, really high risk. Um, if it's if it's really high risk and there's three or four other people that have turned it down, they're going to say, call this guy. Yeah. And that's the guy that I wanted to be. But had I known that I was building a brand for myself early on, I would have taken a lot more time. And like we went from it was direct scenes landscaping and then we went to direct scene services and had a variety of services. And that's still where we're at now. But direct scenes, we, I had this conversation with Wes, you know, direct scenes tree service would have been fine or direct, just direct scenes trees or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever the case is, I would have thrown a tree service in there because I had to work and Wes's team had to work a lot harder to establish that, um, hey, we're a tree company because it's not right there in the title, which really would have made an astronomical difference. I mean, yeah, it, I mean, it helps because then it's like, what do they do? Oh, tree service, you know, because it's right there every time, you know, and, and people that already know your brand and your business already know that, of course, but right. any new fresh eyeballs that see it, they, you know, if you give them exactly what you do right there in the name, then it's pretty obvious and they don't have to think about it. So it's perfect, man. Yeah. I remember going through this at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, I, I certainly, I don't want to go back and try to redo or change anything now. But it's it's one of those things that all of the little pointers, like I guess my, for example, like me hooking up with Wes, had I been a little bit more, I mean, we had a variety of things going on. I'm I'm trying to understand, and I'm very edgy and kind of back and forth. And Wes is trying, like, is he trying to sell me? Is he trying to help me? We're having this kind of give and take back and forth, and then finally I sign up and see how everything happens and. Once I understood a whole lot more of what you were doing, it made it make a lot more sense. But it's, I would say it's invaluable to have someone like yourself in charge of my marketing and for what you charge to do it. Um, there's no way that I could 
put someone in house that is as highly skilled to do that. And I, I've been very, very pleased with, with the service from you guys and the oh, update, gosh, what's yeah. going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's been huge. I, I wouldn't, I think you and your team has helped me take leaps and bounds opposed to baby steps. Where- well, you know what? Yeah. And I, I appreciate you saying that, man. I think so much. And I, you know, we try our best to do the, the, the best in like communicating with our clients, what we're up to, how, how things are going, how things are progressing, but you guys are doing well too out there and you're doing the work, you're creating the name for yourself. And, and just look, you got your shirt on right now, man. It's about, it's about those impressions. Impressions yeah. are just how many times people have viewed your business name, your logo, your, you know, all of that. And so by wearing the company shirts, having the trucks lettered, having your website look professional, having your social media ramped up, you know, your ads, you show up every time somebody searches for things locally online, all of those things go into the basket of marketing. It's not just one thing. It's a multitude of things. And that creates the brand, which creates better marketing down the road, because the more times your brand is shown and the more people kind of remember and resonate with your brand, and they directly associate you, Peyton, with the brand. And you're the guy, like you said, that does the hazardous tree removals that everybody else may turn down or don't have the equipment or expertise for. So it starts just it just starts amplifying every year. You get further and further and further along with it. And by staying in front of everybody, it just exponentially grows. Right. So yeah. and um, yeah. uh, it, it breeds good. Like, I feel like the way that you market will breed the client the clientele you want as well um so like there's nothing that we market that says i'm the cheapest yeah and you don't want to you know that's that's really kind of the cut and corners type business and so you're not gonna be able to deliver the type of service that people that want good service uh to give them right you're not gonna be able to give it to them because you got to go off to the next job and go charge another low price for the next job so you don't have time to spend with each client like you would if you weren't the low right. price leader. You know, yeah, and and people want to be educated on their trees too. People, you know, I I take it for granted because I I grew up here and my dad he did grading work and I helped him clear lots and I spent a lot of time in the woods and so on and so forth. I was pretty accustomed to the species of trees that were here, um, not necessarily abroad, but just in my region. And I hear people they're like, "What kind of tree is this? What kind of tree is that?" Or even some of the people that work for me whenever they first start, like, hey, tie this block over there to the base of that red oak. And then they have it on a poplar tree. And it they just don't know the difference. But people really gravitate to inform me. If they want to know, some people don't care. They're like, Great, you're hired. Or sure. you know, whatever whatever the case. They don't have any desire. They, as long as you know they're ha- like what you're doing, they're happy. Mm-hmm. Other people they, they want you to tell them and they'd love to just sit down and talk about trees all day. They find it incredibly fascinating. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's, that's a big push these days too, is tree healthcare, plant healthcare, saving trees, kind of doing things like that. And by adding that as a service as well, you know, certified arborist or becoming an arborist and being able to consult with the homeowners and business owners, that's another plus, right? If I had it to do over again, I would have, built strictly a plant healthcare uh, business and I would have I would have focused on strictly saving trees and and caring for them or plant healthcare you know you can make that as broad as as you'd like mm-hmm. uh, but that that's what I would that's how I would have done it 
Um, and there's a whole variety of reasons why. And I, I hope to open up my healthcare division, but education is mandatory. Yeah. And that, there's a lot uh, to learn on that side of it, right? There's a lot, there's just difference, a whole different side of the business. Yeah, it's it's totally different. And there's there's a lot more formal education that's available on the plant healthcare side of things, certifications and so on and so forth. But whenever you run a full-time business, and I mean, I'm already working 60, 70 hours a week on average, and then trying to take on more formal education. And I, there's too many things that have to be moving that take up too much of my time to do that at the moment. So I'm trying to get there. And then, you know, that's ultimately a goal. But if anybody wanted to start, you could go you could do incredibly well in most areas of the country. Well, and the uh, good thing is too, is that once you build your customer database and your brand and your name, you've kind of got that following already. And so uh, if you keep a database of your customers and a tool like Jobber or ArboStar or Single Ops or ArborGold or whatever the tool is, you've got your whole database of customers. Or heck, even in QuickBooks or something like that, if you're sending out invoices, by having that database, you can then educate your customer base once you get to that point. It's not something you have to do overnight, but let's say down the road, you wanted to do that. You finally got to the point where you're ready to launch that side of the business. Now you can email market newsletters and educational materials about taking care of the trees and the plants and all of that. And you already have kind of a built-in customer base to launch that side of it. Right. So, and a lot of people are interested in that. So it'll, it'll definitely hit a nerve when you, when you start doing that. Other things you can do is little videos of doing tree trunk injections or you know, the pests that are invading the trees. You can do videos of those things and post those on social media, boosting those or running little small um, inexpensive budgets to those types of ads locally. People will see those and they'll resonate with those. So there's a lot yeah. of little ideas you can do with that. Yeah. And likewise, if even what we're doing now, we draw a crowd most of the time. People love watching trees be surgically removed. Or yes, they do. Yeah. I mean, love it. So like, uh, it's been a few months ago. We spent all day taking apart a white oak tree that was probably 140, 150 foot tall, some, somewhere in there. And it was right between two houses. And there was no way at all to drop it. There was, it was like in the middle of like a little garden area that they wanted to keep. And every limb on it went one way. Every limb. There were no, there was not a single limb at all that went towards the one house. So this house over here owned it. The tree's leaning hard this way, and this guy wants to cut it down. And so we ended, we were doing some other trees while we were there. It ended up taking us like three days to get done with that one. But one tree all day. Yeah. And oh yeah. Some of them were huge like that. Every piece had to be roped. And then whenever we got down to the trunk, the trunk was so big. I actually had to lift the firewood pieces off of it that I was chunking down with the material handler on my bucket truck because they were so heavy whenever they hit the ground. I, I dropped one just to see, mm -hmm. you know, and it just cratered the ground. Oh, like, yeah. Massive trees. Yeah. Yeah. It, it went so far into the ground, we had to pull that piece out of the ground with my excavator. It felt like a small earthquake when that thing hit, probably. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's just, it's crazy how all these different things can come about, but people loved it. Right. Well, and so that's, so that's a good little marketing piece there. Right. right. So let's, let's unpack that just for a second. So 
the next time you do one, man, take videos of you guys doing that up in the, up in a tree. You can yeah. take an iPad and take a nice, awesome video of you guys surgically removing a tree, show the access of it in between the houses. Those are great for social media, great for the website. And then also after COVID, man, everybody learned how to use QR codes at restaurants. So now yeah. everybody knows how to use QR codes. Finally, I remember before that, everybody's like, what is that? You know what I mean? But now everybody knows how to use them. So a good thing you can do now, and we can configure one for you, but is to put a QR code on your truck, on your business card and say, you know, scan me to learn more. And that'll be basically when they scan it from their mobile device, boom, they click on it. They load your website instantly because most people are kind of lazy on a mobile device. They don't want to type stuff in necessarily. Um, so that'll be an easy way for people to pull up your website. You can send people to your Google review link for, with a QR code. You can send people to your website. There's a lot of cool things you can do with that. But as people are riding by, they can take a quick snapshot of that QR code. Um, if you have a crowd like that, right. And everybody knows who you are and it just kind of keeps going viral. So that's another pointer for that. It works well. I should absolutely do that. I mean, there, there's no reason not to. Um, yeah. The, the videos for sure. Ads and drones and all, all of the things to do the filming. I, I just don't take the time to do it. You know what, man, the cell phones these days, I, I think our Google pixel phones now have like 25 or 30 megapixel cameras. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like crystal clear. You can do, you can just do cell phone videos if you guys doing the work, you know? Right. Great. Um, you can I see, mean, if you send us those, we make a little commercial video um, of your, you know, your video doing the thing. We'll put some music on there, the logo, direct scenes, the trucks, all that stuff, and kind of incorporate it within like a 45 second video. And those things are powerful, man, to share on social media, um, put on the website, put on YouTube, things like that, man. So yeah, next time you're doing one, I would say to do that. Definitely need to do that for sure. Well, cool. So you got, so you guys are kind of starting to grow the company. Um, where, where are you guys? So you're getting some equipment. You guys are getting a following. You're kind of, you know, you're in the Blairsville Blue Ridge market, really kind of attacking the whole North Georgia area up there, man. And really kind of making a name for yourself. Where are you guys headed? Do you think, where do you want to see yourself go in the next few years? So it's, uh, I'm not, it's, it's a constant evolution. Um, you kind of have the there, there's pretty much two options in my mind and that's hold what you got get everything paid off and you'll we if i had no debt we would do exceptionally well with the equipment and the crews that we have um that's probably not the route we're going but i i think the next place i'm investing is in people um trying to find some some really good people who care about trees who care about the work who want to do it uh, and then and then go from there because there there's only one of me and so quality individuals and having having quality employees that I can you know know and trust and care about on you know that they're there on the job site I know they're going to take good care of my customers I you know I I don't want to have this whole back if if something happened between an employee and a client I don't want to have to wonder if it was my employee. Mm -hmm. I, being able to know, like, ah, they're always respectful and polite and whatever else. And, you know, because most of the time it's probably going to be the homeowner. And it just, it depends on the kind of the scenario. Because I've certainly had some rotten eggs for employees as well. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, I'm looking for the first time I've, I offered someone a job. Um, 
been a few weeks ago and he ended up not taking it because we were friends and he was like i just don't want to he's like i don't want to work for you because we're we're friends i don't want to mess up that relationship and i was like okay yeah fair enough but it's the first time i've ever even considered offering someone a job where they make over a hundred thousand dollars a year mm-hmm. and so it was that was like a big big leg but this guy was very qualified yeah very, very qualified and i was totally persuaded that he was going to be able to to do what i needed to do so it's just a matter of, of finding that but i need someone who can do some training and kind of orchestrate the work portion of it so mm-hmm. i can spend more time selling jobs and doing things like that there's a like a hot lead versus a cold lead it's so much easier Oh, yeah. I mean, whenever someone calls me and I'm like, I can be there in 15 minutes and then I can educate them on it. And well, I mean, most of the time they're going to seal the deal right there. Yeah. And, um, a lot, like I never discourage people from meeting with other contractors. Ever. I'm always feel free. You help yourself. Um, you know, this, this is my thing. This is what I do. If you like what they're selling better, then by all means go then. I'll encourage you to do that. Most of the time they get quotes and like I'll be back. Yeah. And it's just it's all in what you expect. But you know, I'm I'm also very adamant about like a lot of people like tree guys are known that for like the drugs. Like I got you know got the crackheads or whoever working for you to clean up the brush because you can't get anyone else to do it. That's not um, not the image and not the team you want out there. Yeah. Not, not at all. I mean, we're like a very tight knit team. Um, I, I, I have mixed emotions about recreating with employees, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. But uh, the number one requirement is that you're going to be a team player or you can't work for them. And I also, typically refer to it as the guys who work, they work with me. Mm-hmm. We're working, we're a team. Yes. I'm the boss and I, you know, I, I write their paycheck every week, but we're a, we're a team. Sure. And, and that it, it's huge. I mean, a lot of guys, they'll, they get used to it and then they quit and then they want their job back and their job's not there. Mm-hmm. So that, that happens, you know, the grass is always greener. They find out. Yeah, and you know, I and I've had people tell me, "Well, if you had all this equipment whenever I started, I'd probably still be helping you." And I'm like, "Well, you didn't hang in there till I could get it bought." <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had to we had to move this in steps, right? So yeah, there. I mean, finding people who are like forward looking, like they know what's coming next. Those are definitely things that I'm looking for, and and a good attitude. I mean. All it takes is one person to real. They can really zap the whole life and the vibe out of uh, out of a team. Oh yeah, you, you don't want a bad egg in there. It's kind of a cancer for the whole company, you know. And they can kind of sour everybody, you know, at the same time they're doing it. So this is great, man. I mean, that's that's the next step, really. You build that team up, and it just continues to kind of grow. And organically, you guys are getting out there. You're, you couldn't be in a better area, North Georgia like the mountain area in the region for trees, man. There's so many trees up there. You're in a great area for that. I mean, I think you guys are poised for a lot of growth moving forward. 
before we started the uh, the call, we were talking about uh, the trimming on the power line with the helicopters, man. Why don't you share some of that? Like, how's how'd that come about? I guess they they got contracts with. Is it a helicopter company or a tree company that just subcontracts with the helicopter company? I'm really not sure. I guess it would be like a helicopter tree company. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. What it is, but, so I got to meet these guys at the mm -hmm. airport. They have they they rented a hangar or mm -hmm. lease a hangar. You can't buy them. Um, and they have two helicopters that they keep in there, and they're big saw and stuff. So I was talking to them one day at the airport, and it's a very cool thing to see. It's you have a helicopter, and then there's this cord rope sleeve thing that's mm -hmm. dangling the controls in it and then it's got there's a pivot point on the top of the saw and there's a pivot point on the bottom of the helicopter and it has a bunch of circular saw blades that like they stagger mm -hmm. and the seat on the helicopter it like slides out to the side so they can look down and see what's going on and they just kind of give it this rocking motion back and forth and they clear these power line out of ways and so well, there's one guy in the helicopter and there's another guy on the ground who's helping with the refueling and whatnot. They can get, you know, they cut so long and then they come back and cut so long and come back. Um, but they're like, they'll set up in like a church parking lot or anywhere that they can find. They'll find people's fields and be like, hey, can we set up here? And everybody's like, yes, because it's very cool. They want to, they're like, oh, they were flying the helicopter in my field. Yeah. And so they, they set it up, but they're, to the best of my knowledge, I think one of the like one crew running a helicopter in a day's time can do like seven crews worth of work. Wow. Um, and that's on the stuff that they haven't kept already. And so it's supposed to basically triple somewhere close to triple by the after the helicopters done it, whenever the helicopter's coming back the next time, instead of the guys on the ground, it's all it's already pretty uniform. And so they can just roll through it and just buzz them off and they can cover so much more. Well, that than... makes sense, right? Because the truck, you've got to continually reposition your location so you can get to the next batch of the tree limbs, right? So yeah. it, historically, this is like bucket truck type services where well, let's say you're in the woods on a power line. I mean, sometimes the bucket trucks can't even really get out there. So I guess this is just way more efficient because it can go anywhere too, right? <laughs> Another thing that I, oops, sorry. Another thing that I've noticed up here is um, there's a lot of subcontractors for the power companies doing this kind of stuff. So even if you were a small crew and or something, you just want you know a little bit nervous about it, you could try to seal the deal with a company like that to get a contractor just clearing right away if you needed income um, or you know something to justify like this equipment's expensive, right? So like a new chipper that is i have a 15 inch chipper to ban it and a new one is like ninety seven thousand mm dollars -hmm. um and if you go to 18 they're like 119.5 so yeah, they're, you gotta get the truck for all the material and the brush to, to, to supply yeah. into too yeah and so you're i mean you're pretty much like it doesn't matter which way you slice it if you're gonna get something that's dependable you're gonna spend a hundred grand pretty easy so if you needed something to justify that a power company or whoever does that i mean you're they're subbing out clearing right away and if you can go out and get in on a contract like that that would be it would be production work but it would be steady work and you know it might help easier ease your mind a little bit if you're worried about generating jobs right yeah and the trees don't stop growing so they got to continually be trimmed every quarter or year however often they do that i'm sure and they're uh, I, everywhere here is 
there's everywhere is right away. Like they on the sides of the roads, they go over the mountains. I mean, it's all trees everywhere. So there are very, very few places that don't need maintenance and they, they can't even get them all made maintained annually. So they're just having to like go off of zone, do some here, do some over there. And then you have problems, you know, a storm blows through. Mm-hmm. You're one of the first, you're going to be a contractor that they're going to reach out to. They might go out and get the line back up, but opposed to, you know, and then have you come in and clean it up afterwards or what, whatever the case is. It's just, it, it would be a good, a good place to potentially. Yeah. Nice little niche, right? It's kind of interesting and fascinating about the tree service industry and kind of where it's headed, like the equipment and kind of where things pivot and move to, to make things easier and more efficient, more time efficient. It's a helicopter. Who would have thought? So I I saw something the other day. Um, My, the guy who prints my shirts and cards and stuff, he, he sent this to me. Somewhere in China, I guess, I don't know if it was a TikTok video or what, but they have made a laser and they're pruning trees with a laser. Wow. For removing them. So it has like a, it's a remote control handheld thing with a sight in it and it hits the tree with a laser beam. You see the laser start to smoke or the tree start to smoke. It's like burning through it and then the limb falls off. Wow. And I'm like, if they could ever perfect that to where you didn't have to put someone in a tree and you could like, if you could really get a, a precision cut, I'm not sure how it worked as far as the burning goes on the printing. I've never, yeah. I, don't, I don't imagine you could do that in really dry areas like in the West. Yeah. Probably start a fire, you know? Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's not dropping flames or anything like that. It's just burnt when it gets to the ground. Yeah. And I was, oh, that'd be cool. That would be cool. I mean, there's all kinds of things that are just being developed, I'm sure. Well, awesome, man. Yeah, I, I want to um, be respectful of your time, man. I know you got work to do and everything, and I appreciate you sharing the day. Um, what would you give, like, a so let's say there's guy or gal, they're just starting off in their tree business. Maybe just some words of wisdom on, you know, kind of maybe some pointers of, you know, what, what to look out for just mentality, maybe mindset of like starting your business and getting to where you are, where you're getting established, you're growing, you know, your business is doing well, you're busy, you're booked out. Like maybe some of those tidbits in between from when you started to now that would help somebody maybe just keep pushing forward or believe in themselves or just keep, keep taking action. It's definitely a grind. So, uh, I had, at this, I didn't really grow until I fully committed. And then it was, there are days where it's hard. There are like, there are days where I'm just like the heck with it. I want to sell everything and just be done. Right. Or you'll, the employees will drop like flies or whatever the, you know, whatever the case is, there are a lot of things that are, they were very much unforeseen. And just grinding through that is pretty key um, because it, it gets better, right? And every everything that you have that, that comes up uh, along the way, that's one more tool under your belt for next time. And then all of a sudden, one day you're like, okay, I don't have to smash the panic button. I've seen this before. So this is how I fixed it the first time. I'll fix it the same way again or you know adjust on a little bit or what have you and then absolutely find some mentors 
Um, huge, huge, huge thing. Find mentors, um, whether it's a business mentor or a tree mentor or whatever the case is, but find someone and, and a group of people and say, these are the people, this is where I want to go. I want to be where they're at and then hang around those people and and see what those people do and why they do it because there's going to be a lot of things that don't make sense and then as you get there they begin to make sense like oh so this is why they do that or this is why they do this or whatever and then you know it's personalities and stuff too but uh, mentors are huge 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 and then the tcia you mentioned earlier get affiliated with that organization and there's just a lot of missing ingredients to your business that you can kind of plug into and figure out with with them yeah. too. So my my in in my head, my Kevin, one of my mentors, he's the one who pointed me toward the TCIA. And so that got me there. He said education. Education is big. But men, mentorship was also huge. And it does something for the soul for someone who has made it to look and say, I believe in you and I think that you have what it takes to make it too. Like that that's something that would money can't buy it. Yeah. And so if you're, if you're really true to the core and you're doing it and someone, you know, thinks enough of you to give you some type of, of mentorship or leadership, then that's really, really big. That's powerful, man. That's good. That's, and that makes a lot of sense because I think people that have been there and done that have gotten to a certain level in their business they want to share and they want to help other people who are eager and that show the promise that they can make it as well. Like, cause you've got to put in the work and you got to put in the time and not everybody's going to be willing to share, but a lot of people are. And I would say gravitate to those people that are willing to help you and just kind of take you under their wing. And like you said, I mean, you know, being an entrepreneur and a business owner, you're kind of all alone out there, so to speak on an Island, right? Yes. You have other people you can talk to, you have friends and family, but not everybody understands the mentality of owning a business and being a part of it every day and that grind that you mentioned. So it's always nice to be able to kind of bounce ideas off or just have conversations with people who have been there, done that. It makes you feel better because they've done it before too. Right. And they can kind of help you through those situations. Yeah. And, and even the reverse of that too, like I, I was having issues with some employees and I called Kevin. I'm like, Hey, this is what's going on. I'm like really flustered. And he had, almost an identical situation going on at the same time and it's like you begin to learn what's part of it and what's not Mm -hmm. like there's some things that it's just that is it is what it is and it's going to be that way and if you don't like it then don't be in business yeah that's true that's a good way to put it are there any last um tidbits you want to toss out there or i appreciate you sharing today man this has been great i mean i don't i look for those gold nuggets and, and try to, whenever someone tells you something that you don't understand, don't knock it, but listen to the people who are where you want to go and you can kind of let some of the other ones fade to the wayside. Like if you're 45 and you live in your mom's basement, I'm probably not going to take your advice. There would have to be some other circumstance that would make me want to take advice from you. But now if you're, uh, you know, 30 year old or a 30 year business owner. Um, you put your kids through college and you've got, you know, a yard full of equipment and employees that are happy, but 
you know, that are working there and you still love doing what you're doing, I'm probably going to listen to you, right? Because I, I want to get there and I want to still love it when I get there. So if, if you don't enjoy it now, it's not going to get better as time goes on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You kind of just cut the ties right now. Well, this has been great, man. Thanks so much for sharing. Guys, if you have any questions or comments and you're on YouTube watching this afterwards, just comment below. Love to answer questions, see what you guys are thinking out there. Peyton, thanks so much, man, for joining us and sharing today. This is going to help a lot of people, man. I really appreciate Yeah, it. absolutely. And I'm open if anybody wants to reach out or has any questions or whatever the case is. Thanks, man. I'm sure somebody will take you up on that. This is uh, so Peyton Brewer with Direct Scenes Tree Services up in Blairsville, Georgia, North Georgia, Blue Ridge, all those surrounding areas. These guys are making a name for themselves up there and growing the business. So I appreciate you guys watching. Again, this is another episode of Tree Service Marketing Profits Podcast. If you haven't joined our free Facebook group, do so. It's on Facebook. It's Tree Service Marketing Secrets. Just request to join and we'll approve you right away. And uh, until the next video, we'll see you then. Thanks so much.